Hello everyone, my name is Serene. Hi everyone, my name is Caroline. And welcome to the Hey You, You're Finally Awake podcast. Uh, today we're going to talk about everything is a remix. Talking about AI and how remix has been a part of our lives for many years, not just the past one or two years. Yeah, let's just get right into it. Hey, you, you're finally awake. Caroline, can you tell me what is a remix? A remix is to copy, transform, and combine existing materials to produce something new. Is that, Do you think that um, that simple definition applies to like how we remix now in 2023? Yeah, because we're just changing the technologies we're using in order to make something new. And we're just developing different tools in order to remix, which is exactly what AI is becoming, a different tool in order to remix. Gotcha. So before going into the topics we've researched for this podcast, I want to ask you, like your personal opinion, like, do you think people are more annoyed or pissed about remixing now as they were back then? Or do you think um, it's just as frowned upon? Do you think it's something people forgot about? What do you think? Well, since we're living through a different age of remixing now with the AI art, I think that people are more angry about it just based on what we've experienced through watching AI develop as it's remixing technology um you know i can't speak for the musicians who were angry about hip-hop remixing and sampling in the 70s because i don't know but from what i'm seeing now it's obvious that artists are angry about what's happening with ai generated art for instance yeah no i, I absolutely agree i think what pisses off a lot of people nowadays more than before is that um some people think it's too easy um, and there's not as much skill involved um, or any kind of personality involved in creating AI art. Um, mm -hmm. So I think that's a big difference between now and before. I don't think anybody doubted the effort um, back then, but I think um, people were just annoyed that it was someone else's idea back then. Um, yep. But here we are now. It's becoming easier and easier to remix and it's easier to copy people which definitely takes away from the art in general because art, like a lot of other things, you're supposed to work really hard at it in order to grow as a person and grow in your craft. AI art takes away that development and it makes the art stiff and it's not as what AI art is. It is, it feels not human because, you know, art, even the most perfect art, it has flaws and AI art, takes away the flaws. So let me ask you, Caroline, we were both art students in undergrad. Why is it that like for so many early projects, we are literally copying other works? Um, is that remixing? Is that copying? Why, why do we do that? Uh, we do that in order to grow. We take interests that uh, we take our own interests and we copy it in order to develop our own styles. You know, I know I spoke to you a while ago about um, copying cartoons and copying things that I liked in order to develop my own voice with paleontology. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I would copy dinosaur cartoon characters and over time I would study bones and draw the bones that I saw in museums. And eventually mm -hmm. I learned how I like to draw dinosaurs and other extinct creatures and I developed my own voice. I, I did not get to the point I am now without copying. And I'm sure it was the same for you with graphic design. You know, you looked at other 
graphic design artists that you liked and you, I'm assuming, took some styles and merged them with your own. Yeah, that's exactly it. I, I think a lot of um, like visual art nowadays, um, there, there's no such thing as like a 100% original idea. I, I personally think creating your own art is taking ideas from like a dozen or so people throughout your whole experiences and uh, trying to make it into your own concoction. Mm-hmm. Um, but l- let's go back a little bit to the beginning of remixing. Um, music was like the, the big hit for remixing before it was like an untold thing, taking someone else's idea and putting it under your name, your own name. Uh, but with music, um, in the early hip hop days in the seventies, DJs were becoming a big thing. They had their cool record tables and all that. Um, and they're putting other people's music together and claiming it as their own. Then uh, they would credit other people more fairly than people nowadays. Um, but yeah, it, it's very interesting to think that is kind of like the original remix. And it's actually not that long ago when people started doing this. And without the technology used in hip hop music before that rock and roll with Led Zeppelin, um, Led Zeppelin took a lot of riffs and melodies from other earlier music and they used it within their own songs which was discussed a lot in the remixing video yeah i'm, cu- I'm curious I, I have an interesting opinion on this but i want to get yours first on the whole led zeppelin thing with them taking almost word for word some parts of other people's songs that were well-renowned what, what's your opinion on it mm. um i'm in the, i feel like i am in the middle because you know i think that as they were adults when they made this band, but they were still a new band when, you know, they formed. So I don't think, I think that when they made those songs that was copying the wrist, it may have still been earlier in some of their music careers, especially together. So I think it was maybe a little bit too early for them to dis- to um, develop their own style, even though like Led Zeppelin has a very specific voice and it's very easy to identify it. Uh, I think that they, took it a little too far with the copying and they did remix. I agree that they remixed, but um, without the proper accreditation to the point where it's very recognizable is where they stumbled. What about you? So uh, before I go on, what are your thoughts on uh, modern day covers and people profiting off of that? A lot of people don't know year 3000 by Jonas brothers, not written by the Jonas brothers. It's a Mm. cover that they made famous themselves. Um, and now it's more famous through them. They make a ton of money off of it. They perform it at every concert. What are your thoughts on that? My thoughts are is if it's credited properly, they're paying the royalties. It's totally fine. I, it may sound really good, and it may be a way to um, push the song forward into the public in order to um, may, uh, maybe if they're thinking to give more credit to the original song. I, I don't know. I think without the proper crediting, it's not okay. Especially, mm-hmm. you know, with the example of the Jonas Brothers, um, they should label it as a cover. You see, that's the thing. Not like 90, 95 percent of people don't even know it's a cover. They think it's their own song. Yeah. I didn't know for the longest time. Yeah. In that in that case, they're not in that case, they're not like projecting that it's not their song. And they're trying to help this other artist, like put their song out there into the world. They're just taking it in that case. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they, of course, they were um, in, in that specific case, they were like kind of given permission to do the song but it's crazy how it just blew up beyond the original artist um, mm-hmm. i feel like that happens a lot for covers with modern artists but to go back to my opinions on the led zeppelin thing um 
I definitely do think it's a gray area. I think musicians are a little bit beyond just like the actual songs. They are like also an image and a sound. Led Zeppelin were clearly um, they were pushing a rock and roll sound, right? And they they Mixed performed these songs. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so it, it was a very new sound, and they were trying to push it with these songs that people were probably weren't familiar with. Maybe they were, but like similar. To, that's why I asked you about the covers. So it's kind of like a cover, kind of like their own song. Where they 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 don't change it a lot, but in some ways they do change it. But like I also think some of these songs I'm rambling a little, but some of these songs wouldn't have been discovered at all by people if they were into their original genre. But here they are listening to modern day rock and blues with Led Zeppelin, and they wouldn't have heard it. The Jonas Brothers thing is a different case where they're both like the original and the Jonas Brothers. It's a rock song, but Led Zeppelin like they change it up a little bit. They kind of make it their own, um, even if it is word for word. Um, they probably should have been more transparent about where it came from, but it's still like put their own identity on it, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I definitely think it goes down as a remix. It could have gone down way better, but it's still, um, I think the main thing is it, it uh, was discovered by a lot of people that wouldn't have discovered it originally. Yeah, it's definitely a case by case basis. Mm -hmm. And you know, there's not, it's not black and white and there's not really ever a clear answer because everyone's going to have their own opinion about it. And so I also want to ask you, sampling, right? A, a famous riff from a song. Do you think it's cool when a modern day song uses that um, in like their own song and it's like not credited at all? It's just like, hey, I took this piece, made it my own, put it in a song. Is that original? Or do you, do you think that like it's a rip off of the rip? Of the hmm. riff? <laughs> hmm. That's really tough because like I, I understand that it's, part of copying it's part of remixing it's a way for people to grow and to grow their music or art form um but i'm also i'm iffy about it you know it's without like the proper credit or like at least being like this person inspired me it's it's hard you know mm -hmm. I, I think overall it is okay because everybody does it that, that that's your pass huh that ever that people do it so it's cool <laughs> I think I'm just pushing your buttons. I, I don't mean <laughs> <laughs> people do it as a way to grow, you know, and it's a way to develop your own style. And that's, you know, that's the main point I keep going back to. And that's the main point I keep justifying is that it's just a way to grow. And yes, some people do take copying too far and they don't do the proper crediting. Um, you know, just taking something and saying it's your own without changing it much is not okay. And I think many people can agree on that. But taking something that inspires you and gives you a new idea in order to create something new, that's okay. Because that's just okay. part of life. So so you do think it's much deeper than like, oh, a fun reference to this song I liked as a kid? Yes, of course. So let me, uh, I'm going to quiz you now. I'm going to lawyer up. Ready? Um, you, do you know the band Panic at the Disco? Yes. Do you, do you know the B-52s? Mm, it sounds familiar. Do you know? Okay. <laughs> Most people our age don't know them because they're from so long ago. So in a Panic at the Disco song, they ref they they not not completely rip off. They they make a rock version of one of their old riffs from the song Rock Lobster, a reference that most people aren't going to know, but I see oh, it I as just it. like a fun yeah. It's just like a fun riff thing that he incorporated. It's not at all taking because like it's a completely different genre song. It's a completely different vibe so it's like 
is that it's just a remix, right? It's not really a, a stealing or anything like that, I don't think. I feel like there is a line, but the line is blurry, and it is a case-by-case basis. Okay. And it's hard to it's hard to just off the bat identify where that line is. Exactly. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah, and you know, just um, just to finish off with the music um, topic, I know that a lot of the times when you are sampling from like a real official music, you do actually have to get permission from like a label or something like that to use it, even if it's like changed or something like that. You got to get an <laughs> artist permission. Um, so I feel like actually in the music world, um, even though there's some sketchy stuff going on, generally I feel like it's safe and fine. Anyways, yeah. let's roll over into memes here. Um, as, as we were talking about in the pre-discussion, you were saying it's the, the language of the internet. Um, yep. Memes are used to remix. They're probably like the, the most original and least original form of media in the world um, because they always derive from something. Um, but they, um, the, the idea is created. Like memes are like a, you put multiple things together that are funny to people and you put them together. Um, and that's how people relate, even without knowing any kind of references. Yeah, that is a worldwide language that connects communities and cultures all over the internet. You know, yeah. anybody can create their own meme. Anybody can take a meme from something. Anybody can, as the video said, make a dance move and make it their own. You know, a meme can be anything that's shared on the internet. Yeah, and I think it's absolutely incredible how relatable it could be, even if you don't know the original reference or the, the material. Um, I wrote here, like the, spo- the numerous SpongeBob memes we see all the time. There's so many mm-hmm. kids that are like adults that have never seen SpongeBob, but they still find it relatable because it's a funny image or they just understand it just from the graphic or the text. Um, yep. it, it's very dumbed down. You, sh- you don't really have to think too hard about most memes. Anything else you want to add about memes? I think it's an excellent source of serotonin for a lot of people, especially if, yeah. you're, if you're just scrolling through the internet, like, you can connect with your friends or connect with other people online just through a meme alone. Do you think when a meme derives from like, let's say a copyrighted TV show, like it's using like a clip of someone dancing or something like that from a show, mm-hmm. but like it's become something different because there's like a like a heavy filter on it, some text on it. Do you think that's fine? Do you think that's fair use? Or you think like maybe we should be um, reciting back to the original material a little bit, like be, tell people like, hey, this is from this show, by the way. You should check it out. Or you think this should just be its own independent thing? Hmm. I don't know, because it's so easy to take a screenshot of a show and just be like, I'm going to make a meme out of this. But, uh, yeah, I guess in all fairness, like, the show should be credited. But, like, you know, if it's, like, what you said about Spongebob before, it's so, so obvious it's Spongebob. Because it's Mm -hmm. such a specific art style that everyone's going to be like, oh, that's Spongebob. But a show with real actors and real people, it can be, I think it can be kind of hard to determine what show that is but i think the show is to be credited anyway even if it's an obvious show to distinguish all these companies that are putting on shows and stuff they they love it when their shows are popping off even without credit they kind of they're kind of in the not bad press is good press but like any kind of press is good press to them free advertising thing no truly um like with the sonic movie like there was no way that that was the actual version of sonic that they were going to (laughs) release yeah that's a good point like that movie did so so well and it probably wouldn't like who knows how people well talked it would have about done it people it. talk yeah. about it all the time because of how bad that design was i watched it <laughs> that's what matters <laughs> it got it got it sold tickets that's what matters yeah but speaking of movies let's go into that how yeah i mean uh, caroline is there such thing as an original movie 
No. No? No, there can't be. What about Free Guy, though? That's a funny movie. Um, I see I had somebody watch the remix video with me, and he said Free Guy wasn't original. I was like, okay, I can't remember <laughs> exactly what he said, but the, he was like, that's not original. If I'm correct, it's it was like 90, 95% of the top movies in the past 10 years are all sequels or based off of an of uh, an already made idea from either like a comic book, a, a book, something yep. like that, a show. And for those years, there were they were all remakes or anything like that. There were no new films that were based off nothing else. Yeah, we're in like what, 25 Marvel films now? It's it's pretty yep. crazy. Um so I mean, there's so much notion to like are those original in terms of story at all or are they like because like on one hand yeah they are based off of pre i'm talking superhero movies here they are based yeah. off a of previous thing but they do try to make original stories for them um which is ironic because some people clamor for it to be more in line with the original material um so the state we're in in movies is pretty weird honestly because like honestly original movies don't uh, as i said with that statistic like original movies don't do that well People want to see familiarity. Um, yeah. People want to expect their their characters. They love seeing Robert Downey Jr. dying. Sorry, I, 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 that's a, um, a spoiler. I'm sorry. Um, they they want to see the people they love. Um, yeah, which is why we have like over thirty Batman films. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it makes move. It makes money, and people like to see money. it. I mean, I'm, I'm not lying. Like I. I've seen a lot of the Marvel movies. I saw the newest Batman film. I'm literally trying to think of what was the last time I saw something original. Like I was rewatching Avatar, the last airbender recently. That's an original show, but the, mm. um, but you know what? When I was looking through the list that they gave of the past 10 years, top 10 movies, brave was on there from Pixar mm. from like 2014. Cool. I was like, slay queen. You know what? Yeah. I, I love that movie when it came out. I couldn't stop watching it. <laughs> it like I thinking about it there's nothing else that's really like it yes I can't think yeah. I like obviously it's like an action heroine like heroine like hero film but I can't think of anything else that it derives from you know like I it's a it's an action genre it's a you know a princess genre but like it's very original and from Brave a lot of Disney films after that ended up being like there's no prince to save anybody. Uh-huh. You know, because I think Frozen came out after Brave. Yeah. Nowadays, when people applaud, like, oh, this is a forward-looking original movie, it's more like incorporating stuff like diversity or, like, I don't know, like, people applaud, like, oh, this is, the like, the first Marvel film with an Asian lead, you know, or, like, oh, there's actually, like, a, uh, an all-women's cast in this film. Like, I feel like those are, like, the only thing people look at where it's like, oh, this is actually a little different, a little original. I don't mm -hmm. think anybody expects movies to be original. Like even like, I think about yep. the Joker film. I loved the Joker film, but so many people kept thinking, oh, this is just Taxi Driver. But I still enjoyed yeah. the film. Um, so yeah, that's just, uh, it's They so all broad, follow but... the monomyth, you know? Yeah. Hero's like, journey. Exactly, yeah. And then like, like concept of genres that just like, breaks down how a movie should go, but like it just works. Like the, the video we watched talked about sports films. And it's how like there's there's certain things they should cover to make a good sports film. And like, yep. honestly, I saw the list and it's like, yeah, I don't think I'd watch a movie if it was missing this kind of stuff. So it's like, yeah, it's, it's and, even, and even still true. like the, the genre 
rules can still be broken for it to be a good movie that fits into that genre, which is really interesting to me. That there are rules, but the rules aren't set in stone. They can be broken and they can be changed. But it can still be part of that genre. Yeah. Honestly, I'm shocked that like the like, movies in general are like still popular. You know, like it's just, it's such a worn down thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's so hard to make new stuff for it, even though we keep seeing like new superhero stuff every year, which yeah. I mean, I won't deny I enjoy sometimes, but it's like, it's just amazing how they still like make so much money off of movies. It's just, yeah. it's probably the least original medium. Would you agree to that? I agree to that. I have a question for yeah. you. Yeah. Do you think most movies that come out now are bad? Are bad yeah See, like this this is your own personal opinion i personally when i hear people talk about new movies that they're like oh there are no good movies out right now mm-hmm, oh like i yeah, didn't yeah. like any of the movies that i've seen in the last couple months that's what i've been hearing in the past couple years and i'm wondering if it's because a lot of the movies that we're getting aren't completely originals they're more often than not remakes or sequels so in your own personal opinion do are a lot of movies that are coming out now bad that's a good question i um I'm not the right person to ask this because actually I, I'm very easy to please with movies. Me too. I, like, cause, <laughs> Me too. So like I'm, I'm friends with them to film majors and they, they say those things, right? Like most modern films are not good. But okay. I personally, when I go into a movie, there's one goal. It's like, did it, did I enjoy myself? That's really it. Was it worth Was the my story 14... entertaining to me? Yeah. Like what, did I feel like my $16 Long Island movie ticket was worth it? <laughs> or did I just waste my time? You know, it's so hard for me to bite the bullet to put on something on Netflix or Disney Plus because it's like it's a big time commitment. Right. That's why shows Mm -hmm. are so popular nowadays. A movie are a lot of them pretty bland. Yes. But I personally think, you know, the goal is to enjoy yourself. You know, you can critique it all you want. I feel the same about video games, which we're going to talk about in a minute. Um, But yeah, the point is just to enjoy it. We don't have to think it too much as an art form. Um, even if it is less original, because um, mm-hmm. even though it is an art form, movies and video games, like it's still, I guess, unfortunately, we do <laughs> we do live in a in a profitable economy where it's like they want me to buy it, I bought it, yep. and I was happy with the product. Yep. For me, if it's if the story entertains me, then I'm pretty happy when it comes to movies. However, with games, there's another factor into that. It's how the game operates. So I can really enjoy the story, but if the game itself isn't you know, made very well, then how much am I really going to like it? Yeah. And before, and before I jump off of movies, I think it's so like really interesting. I was talking before about like Robert Downey Jr. and stuff like familiar characters sell way better than original ideas and characters like Spider-Man No Way Home had all the Spider-Men <laughs> that we're familiar with from our childhoods. And that's why it's, it did so well because we loved seeing the characters from our past like we didn't know not want to see something new we loved seeing like nostalgia really nostalgia is what brought us in Uh, yep yeah that's really all i want to say about that i think it's great that games aren't obligated to be made by game developers and companies that people who know how to do code and can make a mod and create their own game and games can develop through that and evolve into certain different forms and genres yeah gaming gaming i feel like is one of the most fresh um art forms because it's still like kind of a baby um gaming has only been around for what like since super mario came out in 1985 so let's just say then before then video games crashed et blah 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 you could say the same debate about genres with movies there are video game genres 
every uh, <laughs> I dare I say most shooters are the same every Call of Duty um, shares a lot of similar aspects um, but they still do well again for the similarity things we were mentioning in the movies but it's almost encouraged in every other genre to work upon ideas from previous games let's just say Mario games right every Mario game improves and improves um, and in like the newest one they don't want they don't want to see like something completely new they want it to add on and improve on what they've been improving on for the past however long like how it feels how it yeah. plays the design all that i mean yeah i agree with the mario like it's just it's a very similar story just different elements have been added like over years there have been new powers there have been new characters that were added using the mario movie like it's mm -hmm. just a different way to promote uh the same thing i feel like a lot of time yeah. in video games if it ain't broke don't fix it right and it does exactly well. um which is why there have been so many battle royale games that have been evolving too it's a yeah. great game form and i think it's interesting like you know i make fun of the call of duty stuff but like, there, there's plenty of other examples of like people putting out a game um that's so similar but like it's still like it's fun to people i wrote down here one of my favorite games marvel spider-man for ps4 uh, the game is such a great game. A lot of content. Probably played it for like 50 hours. Mm -hmm. it had a sequel game only two years later. And me, my I myself spent $50 for that game where it's just like a little bit. It's the same thing. It's just a little bit more, more content. Same thing. I spent $50 and I loved it. Nothing like barely anything original. It was just fun. Yep. But like, hey, video like that's the video game world, really. Uh, yep. It reviewed well, sold well, all that. You know, my friend had me... Um the other day play the ocarina of time from legend of zelda nice i was like oh my so like the game actually like hurt my eyes a little bit because of the the graphics but i also mm -hmm. had watched him play um what the new one is tears of the kingdom right yes yeah and i was like wow this seems a really good game but then i really felt connected to the original game once i played it you know just for an hour or two like, and it's just, it's amazing how much those games have evolved, like, from the early 2000s and how amazing they look now. Yeah, it's like, uh, video games, like, people, of course, want references, like, to their old classic childhood games, but it's like, mm -hmm. no one wants to put out Ocarina of Time again, because it's like, yep. there's plenty of great ideas in there, and it's super fun. I loved playing it, but it's like, there's so much more they've built upon it since then. There's been, like, a dozen Zelda games since then. And they've improved every single time. So it's like, I, I don't want the clunkiness of, of Ocarina of Time or like yep. those kind of graphics, even if they are charming and nostalgic. Um, so, yeah, it's it's kind of like video games like remixing, but it's like maybe just like the past five, ten years. <laughs> right. It's not really like, you know, referencing something from like 50 years ago or whatever. You really. Yeah. It's and it, it, video games is very competitive, too, with like the whole like different companies making games and stuff too taking from each other like who's gonna make the best shooter who's gonna make the best platformer um mm -hmm. so I, I feel like gaming is a very fast place fast paced area in terms of remixing yes and i feel like um just to, just to end off on video games i feel like video games have kind of like i don't know people love it when video games are inspired by one another i wrote here legend of zelda has inspired so many games like okami and tunic which both mm -hmm. sold very well um, and people love that they're like Zelda. They, everyone knows Zelda's great, and they know that these games were heavily, heavily inspired by them to a point where it's like you could put a Zelda skin on it, and it's that's a Zelda game. <laughs> so yep. it's like, but people appraise that, which is so interesting because people 
hate it <laughs> in in other art mediums. So we talked all about these types of remixes, right? Where it's good, where it's bad, where we like it, where we hate it. AI is the freshest of these topics. Most people hate it. Some people love it and live by it. I yep. cringe every time I see a AI profile picture. Oh, Tell me, what do you uh, think yeah. about it? I think it's important first to just go into a little bit about how the AI is creating illustrations uh-huh. that we're seeing on the internet now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's analyzing images from the internet, thousands, millions of images that we already have on the internet. It's looking at them. It's adding noise to the images and then reversing the noise to create a new image mm-hmm. from written prompts that we as humans give the AI. So this is called diffusion, as we've learned through the remix video. I think it's the current topic that we're arguing right now is, is diffusion copying? Is diffusion wrong? Um, I think it's important to note what was said in the video that no artist owns their art entirely because of the remixing. You know, a lot of artists have taken inspiration from other artists over the years and over their art careers and made their own art. Mm-hmm. So is so is AI doing something wrong? So, so let me dig into that. Um, so, yeah, the conclusion of that video is diffusion. It's kind of unclear the morality of it. I have a feeling you have a different opinion on it. So how about, can you critique his thought process on that? Hmm. How like it, it, your art doesn't belong to you. Like think about all the pieces on your, like your art account right now. Does that belong to you? And can I, can I put it, um, can I trace it and put it into my own art? <laughs> yeah. I think that the work I put into my images are mine. Mm-hmm. The hours I spent on my images that, experience belongs to me alone however the art itself as what was said in the video um i wish i had written down the uh the guys the artist's name who said it um my art is a mosaic it's a mosaic yeah. of the art I, the other artists that came before me so that's what makes my art not entirely mine is because i have copied i have learned from other artists techniques and, um, you know, the way that they made their illustrations, it, yeah, it's a mosaic of, it's a mosaic of other people's art, which makes it not entirely mine because I have copied and I have, as a young, as a young kid, I have traced and that's yeah. fine. That's how I, that's how I improve the muscles in my body in order to draw because drawing is muscle memory and I copied in order to improve that muscle memory to create my own art style. Mm-hmm. So that's what makes my art not entirely mine. However, the ideas that I build off of others are mine. So here's the question is the ideas that the AI are coming up with are, is that theirs and no longer the artists or photographers images anymore? Because what we've seen in the video, AI art is creating art that looks creative. It's it's not very good, but in another couple of years, could it be good? You know, this is a just the recent development because in 2015, the AI images were really bad. 
Oh yeah. But now it's creating very elaborate images. So could in another couple of years, could AI art become more expressive? Yeah, I I, I like that you describe them as as creative because yeah, they do look creative, but I think what they lack is they aren't interpretive. There's mm-hmm. there isn't much meaning behind it, you know. Um, like one of my concentrations in undergrad was photography, right? And yep. what is photography? It's a capture of what you're looking at. So it's like, um, <laughs> but is that copying? <laughs> so it's like, it's interesting, right? When photography was first introduced, all artists hated it. They thought this is not original. You're cheating oh, yeah. us out of jobs. I'm trying to paint these um, portraits of people, but you're just out here taking pictures of them. That's not art. Oh, yeah, um, but, I totally didn't think about that. Um, but in my four years, I really had to learn what art is and then start taking the pictures. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you, and especially in my case, if you look at my pic, my photos without context, you're going to think they're, they're lame or like make no sense in some cases. Um, but you just you need the meaning behind them. You need the title or something like that. You need to look at them for more than two seconds to see what the thought press process was behind them. Literally one of my final projects was like a, like um, a, a mystery solving kind of thing where it's like I had 10 images and you got to solve a crime by looking at it. And it's That's like, really cool. Thank you. And like you, you can't accomplish that with, I'm sure you maybe you can in like maybe when it gets more complex in five, 10 years, but it's like, there's no meaning to it. If you saw mm-hmm. like my picture, like one of my pictures was like, uh, for that project was a um, a bracelet, right? Just a bracelet, and like a like a weird background, whatever. It it just makes zero sense in its own context. But it, I'm telling you, <laughs> I'm claiming to you, it is art. Um, and I'm sure if you look at it hard enough, you could see that it is art. But it's like if you know it's from AI, you you can't really put a meaning behind it, you know. Yep. And like going back to how you're saying it's creative. You know, and AI can't think deeper than like happy, sad, whatever. Like, yeah, you could put a lot of adjectives in there, but guess what? Happy means something different to you and me and everyone else, but it mm-hmm. means only one thing to AI. So there's there's only so much you could do with just words. You really have to have meaning behind your art form. I just, it's just the, it's the adapting that is, yeah. it's just a new way of adapting. Like you mentioned before with the photography, you know, illustrators who were originally doing these art forms and then photography came along, um, artists adapt. They adapted. They carved out their own new niches of art and photography had their own niches of art. And now artists are using both in order to make new art. You know, I was told in my illustration years to go take photographs of things you like and use them as references. Like there was a time that photography was not an option as references. Um, But, you know, for when we were in our undergrad and going online and we couldn't like look at live models to draw from, we would have to either go outside during the pandemic and draw what we could or take photographs and learn from the photographs we were looking at in order to draw. Mm Mm-hmm. So it's just evolved, and this is just another thing that artists, musicians, anybody who considers their craft to be an art has to adjust to. Yeah, it's it's especially harder bullet for artists like us to bite just because 
it, it feels like a cheat almost, but we, yes. we should try to welcome it. Maybe not with open arms, maybe like with one arm, but it's like, yeah, just like maybe a finger. Just, yeah, maybe just a finger. <laughs> it's just, it, it is, I wouldn't say a new art form, but it's a new way of expressing yourself. Um, mm -hmm. I think it's really good for people that like, especially like younger people that don't know how to use their words yet or like, are trying to, trying to describe something. Um, it's, it's, it's hard for people to adapt to art. I felt like, you know, I loved drawing growing up and everything, but like first year of undergrad, like, I don't think I had a good grasp of what art was. I really had to learn that and yep. really like get my feet wet for four years to really understand what is art yeah. looking at these like high-end photographs or like graphics or whatever and like really piece together what made this art instead of just like oh that's a picture of a stairwell or oh that's this text on a, on a piece of paper um so it's it's a lot of learning and yep. unfortunately ai that's literally what it does it just learns and learns and learns um the downfall is it's just taking a little too literally um and it's learning I happened to watch a South Park episode with my friends. Um, and in that episode, the kids were talking to their girlfriends. Um, with They were responding to their text with ChatGBT. Whenever they would receive a text, um, they would have no idea what to say to them to appease their girlfriend. So they would ask ChatGPT for the best answer. Um, and that's how they would respond. And I think it's so interesting because it's like, there, there goes any kind of originality, right? It's, yeah. They're not thinking for themselves. Do you think, of course, everyone's worried about AI taking over jobs, this, that, but do you, do you think there's any worry about AI taking, um, taking our brains away, essentially? I'm not worried about it taking our brains away. I'm more worried about it taking away the hard work aspect of life, because I think when mm -hmm. you're young, you know, you, um, I'm sorry, your parents would encourage you to get a job while you're in high school or so in order to develop more hardworking, like, worldly skills like i know i started my first job at 14 and i've had a part-time job pretty much ever since and i've learned a lot of life skills through that i think that allowing ai to speak for us and navigate through life for us um takes away um you know what it means to really work hard and I said this before about the illustration work that it takes away the skills that you would need in order to become a good artist. Mm -hmm. um, and any craft that you do in this life, it requires hours and hours of practice and hard work. And I'm worried that younger generations are going to see this as a, almost like a cheat to do whatever they want to do and make something good out of it mm -hmm. but that's just not how life works and that's not how we as humans should be going through life just trying to find easier methods of doing things because that doesn't necessarily mean that it's a, it's better if it's easier you know every day we're more reliant on the internet and just viewing and the stimulation from it gets crazier and crazier which makes it harder for originality um so this is only going to add to it but um, simply put, it's going to be a part of our lives. It's only going to make it harder, but that's just going to push us to be even more creative, right? And yep. um, yeah, challenge our brains more. I think that's a big thing. Um, there's no way of stopping it, AI, <laughs> or no. remixing. Um, but we just got to work on ourselves, um, evolve as people. Any last words you want to say about this topic? I, I hope that everyone 
as they adapt to the changing technologies and AI starting to, you know, maybe start to threaten our jobs, you know, probably start to threaten our jobs and we have to adapt and change what we're doing. I just hope everybody can be considerate of everyone else who's, mm. you know, also just trying to make a living of what they're doing. And, you know, maybe some people are threatened by AI art and maybe some people aren't and they're not worried about it. But I just think everyone, I think everyone should keep an open mind. Oh yeah. It's a, it's a big thing. We have to be more considerate about how we're incorporating technology in general. Right. Um, yep. All these companies are, you know, uh, people see through how like, Oh, they just want to make profits, but they're also trying to incorporate it in an appropriate way. Um, yep. It's easy to cut yeah, corners and it. it's, exactly. it hurts other people when you cut corners. My last question for you, did this conversation make you feel at least a little bit better about AI and remixing? Yeah, I think it did because, you know, part, uh, when I was watching the video, you know, the first two times, you know, when it got to the part about AI, like it started to worry me. And, you know, I had some friends watch the video too to get their opinions and, you know, it worried them as well. It made them angry. And, mm -hmm. you know, after talking about it and talking about what we as people should be doing, I definitely feel better about it because it definitely gives me hope that I and other people our age are adapting and realizing the benefits and the disadvantages of AI. And I think that we can grow and I think that we can adapt to what's happening to our lives in, uh, involving AI art. So does that mean you'll be remixing and using AI in your art soon? <laughs> Likely not. Likely not. You know, a lot, a lot of art contests that I see and enter into, it's a lot. There's a blatant rule in those contests: no AI art or AI influenced <laughs> art. So fair enough. If I want money, it's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way of putting it. All right, I think that's it. We covered we covered this topic pretty in depth. Um, yeah. I know this is a little long, but I appreciate anybody that listened to this. This has been the Hey You, You're Finally Awake podcast. <laughs> Thanks for listening. I've been Serene. I'm Caroline. All righty. Have a good one, guys. Have a good day. <laughs> hey, you, you're finally awake.